for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. I remember when I first uh, popped in just for a, a Sunday and the Lord just blasted me as he does. You guys have something so special here, and I'm not sure if you realize it. Um, how many of you, this is the only church you've ever attended, like you got saved here, and this is well, the only church you've ever known. There's not too many, but what, what can happen is you can become so used to being in the presence this deeply and actually take it for granted. Because I'll tell you, I've traveled this country and it's not like this everywhere. It really isn't. And um, <coughs> it's incredible to, to, to be here, honestly. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me. I, I don't take it as just like whatever. This is so, it means so much to me, for real. Um, I love these guys. Um, we sat in a coffee shop when we first met. And we just talked about Jesus. And I was like, when I left, I was like, I feel like I know that guy like from somewhere. Like I must have met him another time. But what you realize is that like the same spirit that's in me is in him. And that's what brings us together. And uh, it's, it's so amazing. So I, I believe that the Lord has given me a word for you uh, fitting for the beginning of the year. And uh, I'm so excited to share it with you. Um, when, when Pastor Andrew called me, um, I was actually in a hotel room in uh, Portland. My sister-in-law got married, and we were out there for her wedding. And um, as soon as he said, hey, you want to come speak? I was like, yes. Yes, I do. I was like, even if I get to sit in the back and no one lets me talk, I love being in this church. I'm not joking. This is one of my favorite places to be in the world. I'm not joking. I've been in a lot of churches, and you guys have something really special. Ah. I think a, a verse that, that really like defines this church is, is 2 Samuel 24, 24, which David was saying, I'm not going to offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. And you guys, week after week, lift up an offering of praise and, and you, you lay your life down before the Lord in a way that is not being done in this earth. I promise you, it, it's so special. It's so sweet here. From the moment I walked in, I could feel the presence of the Lord. And when I walked into the back with everybody, I was getting blasted. I'm crying, and, and we didn't even start yet. <laughs> Jesus likes being here. And I believe that that's, that's the word that I have for you today, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I love you guys, for real. Like, There's not too many people I could even talk about, like, the deep things, it's not even deep things of God, it's just like the normal things of God, but nobody wants to talk about them. <laughs> but your leadership, they are special, and they love Jesus. And not every, I'm not, this is going to be a theme, but not every church is like that, but it should be. It should be that the leadership is so crazy in love with Jesus. It's not like that everywhere, but I tell you, here it is. It really is, and it's incredible. So I'm sitting in the, uh, the hotel room, Kind of starting to think, like, Lord, sat down right away. I was like, Lord, I need to get a word. <laughs> and uh, he started to kind of download some things for me. And even when I was on the plane ride back home, I threw on a Eric Gilmore 
prayer instrumental, and I was just going for it on the plane. It was amazing. Did, was anybody's life like totally changed after Eric came here? Like, I promise, everything increased. Like in every area, it was just like amazing. But so I'm sitting there, and the Lord's just downloading some things, and I just want to be able to share those things with you today. So there's a story in in uh, Luke uh, seven. Uh, I'm, you don't have to put it up on the screen. I just want to talk to you for a second. But really, I believe that I was sent here from God to tell you that he is so pleased with you. He is so happy with how you guys love him. He smiles every time you guys meet. I promise. And not only was he downloading a word to me for you, he was giving me his heart for you. And I could not help but smile and bawl my eyes out, not because I was sad, but because he is so filled with joy every time you guys get together. I promise. And I'm just, I was just getting wrecked. I'm getting wrecked back in the back. I'm getting wrecked in worship. It's just a theme of my life. I just cry a lot. But <laughs> it's because Jesus is so good. He's so good. And so there's a story in Luke chapter 7. There's this woman that uh, comes to Jesus. Jesus is at... Uh, one of the religious leaders of the day's uh, house, and he's invited there for, for dinner, and he's there, and this woman comes in and just begins to just lavish her love on him. Later on, we find out that this is Mary, uh, Martha's sister, uh, Lazarus's sister, Mary. And um, this is what it says. Uh, Jesus basically was being, like, I don't know if they actually came out and said it or if he just knew what they were saying. He does that sometimes. Um, but basically, they were saying if he knew the caliber of a woman that was touching him, he would, if he was truly a prophet, he wouldn't not, he would not let her touch him, right? And so this is what he says to them, to the religious. He says, "Don't you see this woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as a guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet." Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't even welcome me into your home with a customary kiss of greeting, but, but from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she has anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has been forgiven of all her sins, this is why she has shown such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love very little. And when I, when I, when I read this, what I realized is that Jesus isn't talking about you guys. You guys are Mary. You guys are Mary. He's so happy. Because every time you come in, you just spill it out before him. You, you, you keep nothing for yourself, no reserve, like, oh, I don't have a lot to give. You just, it doesn't matter what you have, you just lay it out before him. And he is so pleased. And he's saying this to a lot of other places, but he's not saying it about you guys. He is so pleased with your extravagant love towards him. There's a, uh, a quote that I'm sure you've heard from Pastor Andrew, because we all listen to the same people. <laughs> uh, but there's a, a quote from Catherine Kuhlman that says that, I believe the greatest sin is to 
ignore a present God. And that's not you. You do not ignore the present God. Because he's here. And we've welcomed him. And he feels welcome. I've never had that happen to me before. When I ask the Lord for a word, I've never got his heart for someone. I've got some words for people and different things. It was really special when he, when he let me experience that. And then there's another story in Revelation 3.20. And I think you guys did a series on Revelation not too long ago. Yeah. Revelation 3.20. This is a letter to a church. And we use this in the context of like salvation a lot. Like, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone that hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and dine with them and him with me. That was a letter to a church. A lot of people use it as like, you know, knocking on the heart of a sinner's heart. And it's applicable for that. But uh, to realize that he was knocking on the door of a church, like, isn't that where God's supposed to be? Isn't that supposed to be the place where God is welcome? And what he showed me is that he doesn't have to knock anymore. He doesn't have to knock. You leave the door open. You leave the door open and he just comes. And he doesn't want to go. When we leave, he would stay. I promise this place is so special and I, I can't say it enough. So I'm just going to read this next part because the Lord kind of just gave it to me straight and I'm just going to read it how he said it. I believe that the original naming of this church was to express a place, a safe place, where people, for people to come and experience God. A place of family, unity, and love. It's a home. But I felt that there is a shift. And this is what the Lord said. You have been faithful to that which I have called you to. And you have prioritized my presence above all else. Home no longer just refers to a place for the people of God, but a place for the Lord to dwell. He says, you have built me a home, and you have set me a table, and I love being here with you. Two thousand nineteen is gonna be really special for you guys. I promise. I promise. I believe two thousand nineteen is gonna be an increase, a year of increase in all in all areas. That's a pretty common prophetic word for a lot of places. But it's an increase because of what you've been trusted with. He who is faithful with little will be given much. And not only have you been faithful with the little things, you've been faithful with the presence of God, which is a huge thing. It's the biggest thing. Like Eric Gilmore says, there's not a scalpel thin enough to separate the presence and the person. If you honor the presence, you honor the person. If you dishonor the presence, you dishonor the person. And you have honored the person. And he is so overwhelmingly pleased and he can trust you now it's not that he couldn't trust you before but you've shown yourself faithful and in areas where you don't find yourself faithful just ask the Lord help me to be faithful to you 
Give me your heart. Let me see the world the way you see it. Let me see people the way you see them. So I just believe 2019 is going to be an increase of encounter with the Lord, increase of signs and wonders and miracles as you've been crying out for. And it will all be just as usual, bringing glory to Jesus, because you guys do nothing that doesn't bring him glory. I, prom- I, I, I have never felt this way about a group of people in my life. And anytime I think of you guys, I think of you guys all the time. I want to be here. Like, I want to be with you guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, this place is so amazing. But yeah, it's just going to be giving God glory. Encounter signs and wonders and miracles just pointing straight to Jesus. And he's going to increase your hunger. And uh, Bill Johnson has a quote where he says, in the, in the natural, you get hungry by not eating. But in the spirit, you get hungry by eating. And you have been eating. And I can sense that you're hungry. It's really weird in the spirit. Like you're hungry, but you're satisfied. And then you're hungry again, and you're satisfied. It's really weird. There's going to be an increase of awareness of the presence of God outside of these walls. He's teaching you to, he's, he's been training you in his presence here so that you can take it out there. And he's preparing you for great things. But he had to, he, he doesn't just want another person to rise up and fall. He doesn't want somebody to just rise up in the things of God, learn how to do the things of God. And then just fall. Like, there's too many of those. There's too many of those people. We don't need any more for the rest of, like, eternity. We don't need anybody else to, like, say that they love Jesus and fall. Because, truthfully, people don't just fall. They, they, they slowly walk off the cliff. But you guys have been faithful with his presence. And that's the qualifying factor for your life. Let that be the qual- that was That was the biblical qualifications of the people uh, in the Bible. It was... It wasn't just, oh, I went to school, although I encourage education. Uh, it wasn't just I, you know, did all these things and now I'm qualified. What qualified the men in the word was they had been with Jesus. That's it. They walked with him. Like you said, First John. They spoke of a God that they had touched, that they had felt, that they had experienced. And that's you. You know your God, and he knows you. It's amazing. A lot of people talk about a God they don't know, but you know your God, and I'm, I'm happy to give you that news. <laughs> Last thing for 2019, get your hopes up. A lot of people are used to hearing the words, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. It sounds weird when someone says, get your hopes up. Because we're just not used to hearing it. But God is saying, get your hopes up. I don't know what that means for each one of you, but get your hopes up. I don't know what's coming. But every good gift comes from him. And if he's telling you to get your hopes up, man, it's time to get your hopes up. Oh, so good. I don't know what time you guys... Alright, <laughs> cool. Let me guess. 
So I guess I should probably introduce myself just a little bit. So brief testimony, I grew up in Shirley, too, uh, over by the expressway, so I went to Longwood. No, no hate. I love you guys. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I claim these days is Jesus anyway, so I'm not trying to claim anything, you know. But uh, growing up in Longwood, I played, I played lacrosse, and uh, your boy's a legend over here. Legend on the field. And I was like, Andrew Miller. And I sat down with him. Yeah, I played lacrosse. I was like, you're, you're a Miller. You're a Miller. And you played lacrosse and you're a legend. So like, all of them. It's crazy. Um, but growing up, I went. I grew up in church. I grew up at Shirley Assembly. Um, you know, I, I walked through life kind of just doing it as you just do as I guess a kid, you know. It's just like, this is what we do. We go to church. You know, this is what, this is normal, you know. And you find out other people don't go to church. You're like, oh. You know? <laughs> um, but for me, it was it was it was with the lack of personal encounter, and because of the lack of personal encounter, by the time I got to my high school years, I just went off the deep end, and started partying, doing you know, I didn't even gotta go into the details. Just everything the world had to offer, I was going after, and uh, by my senior year, I was actually at a youth convention. I felt the Lord calling me into the ministry and, and different things. And I had an experience with the Lord. I had an encounter with the Lord. It was, it was powerful. Um, but how many, how many people, you know, it's, you can't live off of one encounter. And many people try. And I tried. So I go off to school. The same things that were presented to me in high school were presented to me at college. Bible college. The same things. I went after them. Then... Maybe a couple years in, had another encounter with the Lord. And it was different. Because it wasn't in the hype, and it wasn't in the like emotionalism of it all. I just had a sweet encounter with the Lord. And it was almost like the Lord gave me a picture of this. The, when David sinned with Bathsheba, I believe God was looking down from heaven, really the person of Jesus, looking down at David and said, come on, bud. I'm thinking about coming through you one day. And I need you to get back up. I need you to, I need you to come back. Because I'm thinking that one day you're going to go and you're going to be walking the streets and someone's going to call your name to get a touch from me. They cried out, son of David. Jesus didn't correct them. Jesus didn't say, my name is Jesus. Forget you. <laughs> he didn't do that. He touched them. But he, I believe Jesus was cheering David on. I wasn't planning on saying this, but I believe Jesus was cheering him on all the way. I'm thinking about coming through you one day, and they're going to call your name out. And this is for you. You're going to call your name out for a touch from him. Uh, 2018 for me was a year of liberation in a way that I didn't even know that I needed to be liberated. <laughs> I didn't know that I still had chains. I had sold out to Jesus a couple years ago, like all in, all in, you know, praying for everybody, spending too much time in the grocery store. Come on, Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> But 
but um, there were some religious chains that I didn't know I had until I got in his presence. And the biggest way, the best way, to expose what's truly inside of you is to be in his presence. And I believe that's why this church is so special. Because the presence of the Lord is always strong here. So you're not afraid, like, what, what's, what's not so good on the inside bubbles up to the surface in the presence. And because you've continually welcomed the presence, you can continually continue to deal with what he doesn't want in your life. And he's continuing to purify you because of his presence. And so he was just exposing some things, like, just, a th just thought processes. Like, no, Jesus, you don't want to do that, you know. But it's just a religious thing. That, that's one of the downfalls with growing up in church. I would never discourage anybody from growing up in church. It's a good place to grow. But sometimes you could just, be, it becomes normal to you. The, you. You could look at Jesus on the cross in, in, and watch the passion and it not do anything to you. Like, that's a calloused heart and that's not good. I pray that every time I look at a cross, I get wrecked. Every time. I don't care if I'm crying all the time. I'm, I'm crying a majority of the time now. But I hope that he just continues everywhere I look, I see him. And I'm beginning to. You know, you begin to look at things and you're like, somebody else would be like, bro, what are you talking about? It's like, Jesus, I see him. It's amazing. But what he did was he liberated me. He liberated me from those religious chains and, and something deeper. He purified my motives. Because I started to pray for people. I started to pray for a lot of people. And I started to see people get healed. Which is really dangerous if you're doing it for the wrong reason. Because a gift will kill you. And the gifts are given without repentance. So even if you start doing it for the wrong reasons, that stuff will still keep flowing. Because many people will say in that day, Have we not? done this and that in your name, done many mighty exploits, these weren't like casual Christians. These were like people like doing the thing, raising the dead probably, you know, like, but he purified my motives. He, he, he very gently one time after I prayed for someone and, and I watched them get healed, he said, Johnny, did you pray for them because you love them? Or did you pray for them because so you have a story to tell? And I found myself so excited. So it, it was birthed out of a good place. Like, I wanted to see people healed, right? But I was so excited. I was more excited to tell the story than to see that person actually be delivered. I was more excited to tell the story about what God did to somebody else than just love on the person in the moment. It was like they would receive their miracle, and I would just turn and run and just, I got to go tell somebody. Which isn't a bad thing, but at the same time, if that's your motive, it's not what God wants. But His presence purifies your motives. What I want to talk to you today, I talked to you a lot already, but um, <laughs> what I want to talk to you today is out of uh, Exodus 33. And the Lord has been speaking to me in Exodus 33 for a long time. Um, so when I was looking for something, it wasn't hard to, to find but I uh, entitled the message Face to Face. There's no place 
I would rather be than face to face with Jesus. There's a lot of places you could be, but it's the best place to be, I can assure you. In the history of Christianity, we have, and this is the way the world sees us in a lot of ways. They see us as a group of people that have certain things that they do and a lot of things they don't do. And we're really strong about the things that we don't do. And um, we're just basically an organization that has a bunch of rules and we hate on everyone that doesn't follow our rules. And that's our view to most of the world. And you will find that out that that's the view of most of the world if you talk to anyone and tell them that you're a Christian. Like, I don't want what you have. I don't want to become the judge of the world. I don't want to um, follow these rules. I am free. I don't need to be free. I can do whatever I want, right? This is what the world's view of us is. And more often than not, maybe in a day prior, you didn't have to break those walls down to talk to them about Jesus, but in a lot of ways, you have to break down a wall of defense that they've built up through every avenue, media, social media. Nobody likes Christians. But it's changing. I believe it's changing. I believe that's 2019 for us. I mean, Iraq recently decided that they were going to start celebrating Christmas. Iraq. There's nothing too hard for our God. <laughs> and I believe America will be saved. I believe that. Because in Isaiah it says the increase of his government will have no end. So it's either true or it's not. The kingdom is still advancing. The, the kingdom is still going forth. And the increase of his government is only increasing. Now, the, the media feeds us about all the, the, the negative, all the bad things that are happening in the world. But I tell you that thousands of people are coming to Jesus every single day around the world. You're not going to hear that unless you look for it. I encourage you to look for it. Thousands of people, healings, miracles, people getting raised from the dead. Like, it's still happening. And I believe it's going to start happening with you guys. For real. I, I believe I've been sent here to tell you, get ready. Get ready. But it all comes from face to face. And for generations, we have focused on behavior modification rather than mind transformation. And what we've wanted to do is change the way you act so that you look like Jesus. Um... But truthfully, until your mind is transformed to think the way Jesus thinks, your, your behavior means nothing. You can follow all the rules. That's what the Pharisees did. They followed the rules. No one had that against them. Like they, but they missed the Savior when he came. And even, truthfully, mind transformation, if that's your pursuit, is an inferior pursuit. But I'm telling you, when you get face-to-face but the creator of the universe, and you stare into his eyes that are fire, because he is fire, he is the all-consuming fire, that's why his eyes are fire, and we look into his eyes, he transforms your mind. Because he makes you look like him. And, and what we're going to look at in Exodus, Moses stared at God, and it says that he spoke face to face, like talking to a friend, and to the point of where his face actually 
like they said, and I guess it's in the King James. It's shown. That's, I don't know why I know it in the King James, but it, probably because I grew up in church. Uh, but it's shown with light to the point of that people put a veil on his face when he'd come down from the mountain because they were so scared. When we look at Jesus, he transforms our mind, which modifies our behavior. But if we look at only our behavior, there's many people that can modify your behavior. Send somebody into the military. Your, your behavior will be modified. Boarding school, you know, everybody gets threatened with that as a kid. Go to the boarding school. Oh, you're on a all boys school. You know, um, that, that can change your behavior, right? But when we learn to stare into the face of Jesus, which you guys have already been doing, but continue to do it, continue to stare into his eyes, and your mind will be transformed. You'll begin to see people the way that he sees them. Begin to even, in 2019, begin to ask God, when you, when you come into contact with people, or even as you're walking out the door, Lord, let me see people the way that you see them. Give me your thoughts for them. Give me your thoughts for them. And you'll just see your mind, just uh, your life just change. In a lot of ways, and this has been a common theme throughout the body of Christ, the Lord's preparing his bride for his return. How many know Jesus is coming back? He's preparing his bride. But we can go after an inferior pursuit, which is trying to clench our fists and become holy, instead of looking into his face, into the eyes of the one that is holy. And he makes you holy. The preparing of the bride requires encounter with the bridegroom. It's the only way it happens. And so face to face, looking in Exodus 33, it says, Now Moses used to take his own tent and pitch it outside the camp. This is verse 7. Far away from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. To everyone who sought the Lord, uh, and everyone who sought the Lord would go out the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went outside of the camp, all the people would rise and stand, each at his tent door, and look at Moses until he entered the tent. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the doorway of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tent door, all the people would rise and worship, each at his tent door. And so the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses returned to the camp, his attendant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. I'm just going to stop here for one second. Something that jumped out at me when I saw this. The next generation that's going to lead the way is going to spend twice the amount of time in the presence than the former generation. When Moses would get up and leave, Joshua would stay. And I believe that's what qualified Joshua to take over after. The presence qualifies you. Let that be your qualification. In verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways so that I may know you. And that I may find grace and favor in your sight. And consider also that this nation is your people. 
And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Rest is found only in his presence. And Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how can it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight, if not if it not by your going with us, so that we are distinguished, your people and I, from all the other people on the face of the earth? The presence is what distinguishes us. It even distinct, I, I believe in, in a lot of ways the Lord is kind of tearing down denominational lines. It's just making it about him. And when God wants to flood a room, there ain't nothing you're going to do about it. <laughs> no matter what you believe, he's going to come in. And in a lot of ways, he's purifying his bride by his presence. And I believe that that's what's been the defining factor for you guys. You guys have set a table for the Lord. Home church is a home for the Lord. And... Uh, He's really pleased with you guys. And I, it would be wrong with me, worship team, if you could just get ready. Look. It would be wrong with me to talk about having face-to-face -face encounter with God and not give you an opportunity to see him face-to-face. -face. I believe in a lot of ways we've already have. But for me, the Lord actually took me back to the beginning of the scriptures and I've been reading from the beginning and going back through. And because of things that the Lord has helped me deal with over times, boundaries, different things, stories that I've read before that just have become commonplace to me. He's allowed me to see them with new eyes. And he's allowed me to see them with the eyes that he desires me to see them with. So I'm going through even Leviticus. Leviticus. It's amazing. And what he showed me, this was very special to me. What he showed me in Leviticus was the, the words, the Lord, just the Lord is written like over a hundred times in the whole book. Leviticus is about the Lord. And we just like throw that book away, right? Jesus said to the Pharisees, like you search the scriptures to find eternal life, but the scriptures speak of me. All the scriptures. And what it has done for me is it has provoked a holy jealousy to see what they saw. Because I'm not content with just living my life and not seeing these things. Because it's available. If it happened for Moses in an inferior covenant, what is available to us? I think it looks like things are shadow healing the sick. I think it looks like the real Jesus coming onto the scene and you seeing him and touching his wounds. Come on. Like, this is what's available. I mean, this is what... If you don't believe it, I mean, that's just you, but you got to deal with that. But it's in here. This book is a book of encounter. And every person that was used by God had an encounter. I want to wake up and there be an archangel standing in my living room. I'm probably going to pee my pants. But it's okay. Because I want to see what's in this book. And I'm starting to see it. Starting to see it. But I'm not content with what I've seen. And I believe that that was put there by the Lord. He doesn't want you to be content with what you've, not, not the things that you tangibly have, but the measure of him that you have. He doesn't want you to be content with that. 
He doesn't want you to be content with the amount of presence that you've been experiencing. I want to feel the weight of glory pushing me onto the ground, not being able to stand up. I'm telling you, like this is, like Ezekiel was pulled up to heaven by his hair to see visions of God. Like, like, Every, like if he wants to pick me up by his big my big toe and just swing me around the room, like just do it, Lord. Like I just want to see you. I want to encounter you. Like I don't care what it looks like at this point. Like I'm so tired of just like doing this thing. Like I just want it to be real. And you guys have been doing it, but there's more. There's always more. And we will spend eternity exhausting getting to know him. Eternity. We'll never fully know him. But we will spend eternity getting to know him. And man, getting to know him, man, that's amazing. Because me and Caesar were just talking about this before. Like, I thought that I knew him. I thought I knew him yesterday. But today, I feel like I didn't know him. Jesus, hear the cry of our heart today, Lord. We just want you. We don't want to just testify of a God that we know things about. We want to testify about a God that we know because we've touched you. We've touched you. We've felt you. We've seen you with our eyes, God. We're not content with casual Christianity. Because casual Christianity is not Christianity at all. From the beginning, people laid down their lives in a very real way. And to this day, they are still laying down their lives for you, Lord. I will not live my life casual. I will live my life sold out. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the repercussions are, Jesus, I will live all out for you. And Lord, let my words not just be lip service to you, God. Let my life be transformed into the image that you created me to be, which is the image of your son. Jesus. Lord, we want to see you face to face. We want the cloud of glory to descend, God. Thank you for listening to Home Church's podcast. To go deeper into the message, text DEEPER to 66866. If you would like to give to this ministry, you can text the amount to 631-693-4176 or visit us at myhomechurch.org backslash give.